Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 15 of the LDS Study Session with Come Follow Me with your host Matthew Roberts. We are going to continue with our Come Follow Me study for this week, uh, located in uh, January the 13th to January the 19th, covering 1 Nephi chapters 8 to 10. Come and partake of the fruit. And we are continuing continuing with the section which covers 1 Nephi 8. The word of God leads me to the Saviour and helps me feel his love. Um, there is so much to cover. And what I want to first comment on is what is interesting with um, Lehi's first experience within the vision. We know that he is lost in a mist or he is, uh, you know, uh, having to go through a dark and dreary waste before he is then shown a bit more, then a bit more, then a bit more through this vision. He then sees this, he then sees this, he then sees that. Uh, and it's the same with us in our lives when we are searching for revelatory experiences or we are searching for the guidance of the Lord. Um, often we may feel that we are going through our, our own dreary waste, that we feel that we are lost. Um, but it's only it's re- recognizing that through those difficult dark times, that those lighter times are only around the corner. Uh, and that we will be able to receive that guidance as we keep searching and we keep praying as Lehi then did. Uh, as he began to uh, feel even more uh, lost. We're going to continue uh, looking at this vision, uh, looking in verses 21 to 23 to begin with, with the first group that Lehi sees as they travelled towards the tree of life. He said in verse 21, And I saw numberless concourses of people, many of whom were pressing forward that they might obtain the path which led unto the tree by which I stood. Uh, So we can see that there is many, many people uh, in this group. But uh, as they move forward, uh, in verse 23 it says, And it came to pass that there arose a mist of darkness, yea, even an exceedingly great mist of darkness, insomuch that they who had commenced in the path did lose their way, that they wandered off and were lost. Uh, And this is a, a very difficult situation, that the first group is actually a huge, numberless host of people that barely gets to start on the path, uh, but then they are lost because of this, these mists. And these mists we might uh, equivalent today uh, to things that distract us or uh, temptations of the world or things to distract us from our main goal, which is to reach uh, the love of God. However, what I would like to point out at this point is that there always seems to be a counter-strategy And this was spoken of uh, in a podcast uh, called Don't Miss This, uh, and I really wouldn't miss it if I were you. Uh, I would uh, listen to it because it gives a lot of great ideas. Um, And one of the points they made was that there is a counter strategy uh, in each uh, of these circumstances. So for the mist of darkness, there is the iron rod to help people make their way through it. Uh, For the river, which represents the depths of hell, uh, there is the path, which is there to be followed, Uh, if we wish to not go into that river. Uh, For the great and spacious building, which we will come on to later on in this episode, uh, we have the tree of life, which brings its own true joy and happiness, rather than the fleeting pleasure and uh, seeming happiness uh, from from things of the world. So there is always something there uh, which I like, um, which demonstrates the mercy that, that God has for us, that he always prepares a way. The people pointing, for example, and mocking in the... um, great and spacious building this is combated against by a prophet standing at the tree inviting and wishing and encouraging others to come under the tree and partake of that great fruit 
in the second then we then we turn and we see a second group of people in verses 24 to 28 and this is the one that i personally find the most fascinating it says in verse 24 and 25 and it came to pass that i beheld others pressing forward and they came forth and caught hold of the end of the rod and they did press forward through the mist of darkness clinging to the rod of iron even until they did come forth and partake of the fruit of the tree and after they had partaken of the fruit of the tree, they did cast their eyes about as if they were ashamed. Now, what is interesting with this is a couple of things. Firstly, um, it's been well documented, and uh, Elder Bednar spoke about this in a, in a conference talk a number of years ago, about the difference between the clinging uh, and what we'll see later with the group that stayed at the tree. Uh, these people, you can imagine, through the mist, they're just clinging on, just about clinging on to that rod. Uh, and whilst they do reach the end, it is their attitude when they reach the tree that is interesting as well. They come forward and they just eat the fruit and then they look around and then they drop the fruit and they are ashamed and they move away. And we, this is, of course, because of what we read about in verse 26. Uh, but, before, but before we read that, I want to share this quote. It is by Glenn L. Pace. Uh, and he said this, quote, The great and spacious building stands in opposition to the tree of life which represents the love of God and the blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Let me make it completely clear that the people in the building have absolutely nothing to offer except instant short-term gratification, inescapably connected to long-term sorrow and suffering. The commandments you observe were not given by a dispassionate God to prevent you from having fun, but by a loving Father in heaven who wants you to be happy while you are living on this earth as well as in the hereafter." Close quote. Uh, let's let's talk about this great and spacious building that's so ashamed and uh, distracted so many people that did reach the tree uh, but then led them away even after they had partaken the fruit and that is a fascinating thing that even when they had partaken of this fruit which was meant to be the sweetest of all sweet things they still rejected it for something else uh, and that that is an interesting concept but of course, we do see it. We see many people that do experience this love of the Lord. We see many who experience his tender mercies and partake of that love, which is represented in his, the ordinances and covenants uh, of the gospel. And then they turn away despite tasting that sweetness. Uh, and it is even, even more sorrowful. Um, but in verse 26, we read, And I also cast my eyes round about, and beheld on the other side of the river of water a great and spacious building, and it stood as if it as it were, in the air, high above the earth. Now, this is uh, interesting because uh, the fact that it stood high in the air suggests that the, the pride and the loftiness of this great and spacious building. Um, and also, there's a couple of points about this. First of all, why are the people in this building so intent on uh, mocking and having that be their focus? Why aren't they inside doing something a lot more fun? I, I, I just... I find that fascinating uh, as well. And this was mentioned in the Don't Miss, Don't Miss This podcast as well, that these people in this building, their, their main uh, source of interest and excitement is to look at others who seem to be trying to receive joy in their lives and point and mock at them. It is a, it's, it's just an interesting thought. Uh, in a talk called Do I Believe in April 2016, uh, Bonnie L. Oskerson said this, quote, I am often asked, what is the greatest challenge our youth face today? I answer that I believe it is the ever-present influence of the great and spacious building in their lives. 
If the Book of Mormon was written specifically for our day, then surely we cannot miss the relevance for all of us of the messages in Lehi's vision of the Tree of Life and the effect of those pointing their fingers and taunting from the great and spacious building. What is most heartrending to me is the description of those who have already fought their way through the mists of darkness on the straight and narrow path, have clung to the rod of iron, have reached their goal, and have begun tasting of the pure and delicious fruit of the tree of life. Then the scripture says that those finely dressed people in the great and spacious building were in the attitude of mocking and pointing their fingers towards those who had come at and were partaking of the fruit. And after they had tasted of the fruits, they were ashamed because of those that were scoffing at them, and they fell away into forbidden paths and were lost. These verses describe those of us who already have the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives. Whether we were born into it or had to fight our way through mists of darkness to find it, we have tasted of this fruit which is most precious and most desirable, and has the potential to bring us eternal life, the greatest of all gifts of God. Close quote. So yes, this message is really for, for, for all of us. And we need to consider where in this dream uh, we are placed. Um, it's interesting to note as well that not many people who set out to go to this great and spacious building even reach it. In, we read that in verses 31 and to 33. Um, it says in 32, And it came to pass that many were drowned in the depths of the fountain, and many were lost from his view, wandering in strange roads. And then in verse 33, and great was the multitude that did enter into that strange building. And after they did enter into that building, they did point their finger of scorn at me and those that were partaking of the fruit also, but we heeded them not. Because those people that did reach the tree who were able to stay at the tree, there is one, well, I, th I think a couple of key differences. And we read them in verse 30. It says, but to be short in writing, behold, he saw other multitudes pressing forward, and they came and caught hold of the end of the rod of iron, and they did press their way forward continually, holding fast to the rod of iron, until they came forth and fell down and partook of the fruit of the tree. There's a couple of things here which I think make all the difference. First of all, that they were continually holding fast. They weren't just clinging just about onto this rod. They were giving everything to just continually press forward, holding on to this lifeline, uh, which they did. But then also, and something which I hadn't noticed until this study of this um, this section, uh, it says, and fell down and partook of the fruit of the tree. Now, the other group did not fall down. Why are they falling down? It's that sense of gratitude, that worship, that joy. And it's then that we recognize that the tree of life is a symbol, not just of the love of God, but of the Savior. You can also, you can almost imagine the people falling down at his feet, just as they, as they do at the foot of the tree. And then you recognize, well, actually, the tree is like the Savior, and the word of God is from the Savior. So the rod of iron is like the tree. It's, sorry, is like the... Uh, the Savior. And then you realize that the path, you know, is his gospel, it's his way. The path is also the Savior. And suddenly, once again, in the Book of Mormon, we, we see it is another testament of Jesus Christ. All these things might be, yes, the, this is the word of God, the rod of iron, this tree is the love of, the, the, the fruit of the tree is the love of God, um, the path is the gospel, the way, the river, and, and so on and so on. But everything that leads them to the tree and the tree itself is the Savior. Uh, which is a wonderful um, image to have. One final point I wanted to make as well is that it's interesting that Lehi doesn't leave the tree to go and guide people. I, th I think it's our natural instinct to go and get the people. 
uh, go out to them and, and bring them to the tree. And Lehi could have done this, but he doesn't mention this. He he seems to invite people from the the tree, almost as a as a as a beacon to say this is where you need to go. Come this way, uh, so that he can reach more people than just individuals that he could guide along the way. Um, just an interesting thought, which um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, or indeed anything else about that, or anything about the dream, or anything else you've been studying. Please share it at Matt S. Roberts ninety on Twitter, or email session at gmail.com. There is so much more in this dream that I've not had a chance to cover, uh, but if I was to cover every individual part that I possibly could, it would take well over the week that we have to study it. So please, <clears throat> I'd love to hear from more from yourselves, and I'll share any, any thoughts you have on a future episode of this podcast this week. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.